This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 19. The Lead Masks of Vintame Hill. Rio de Janeiro is not just a city or one of Brazil's 27 federative units. The name itself evokes images of tropical paradise. Here in the United States, it is a name synonymous with beauty and joviality. White sand beaches, palm trees, crystal clear water, and gorgeous people as far as the eye could see. East of the massive metropolitan area of Rio de Janeiro lies the impressive, if comparatively diminutive, city of Niterói. Today, Niterói is a vital part of Brazil's economy, a thriving center of the country's financial and commercial life. Back in the 1960s, however, this was not the case. Niterói was a necessitous and destitute district. As Brazil began to catch up with the rest of the Western world's industrialization, the city suffered. It would be decades before it found its respective place within South America's largest economy. While the city at this time was no stranger to violence, it was most certainly not the typical setting for an utterly bizarre, otherworldly-tinged mystery. But one such mystery did take place there in August of 1966. Half a century later, we are no closer to understanding exactly what transpired on that hillside on that fateful day. We are no closer to understanding the enigma known as the Lead Masks of Ventame Hill. In an uncharacteristically sun-drenched August afternoon in 1966, the smell of rain still hung in the air after a long stretch of downpours. The low-lying streets of Niteroi were sticky with humidity. Miserable conditions for a young boy that would soon leave the sweltering city behind for the windswept elevation of Ventame Hill. The increased elevation would allow the ocean breeze to provide much-needed relief for the boy, and fuel for the flight of his favorite toy. The boy spent the afternoon flying his kite, running through the grass and cheering himself along as it lifted gracefully into the air. The boy soon noticed something odd. Off just to the east, he noticed a distressing depression in the long grass nearer to the tree line. Curious as young children are, it wasn't long before he just had to know what this unexpected anomaly was. He brought his kite down and began walking toward it. At about 50 meters, he could pick out various articles of clothing. It first occurred to him that someone may have mistaken the hillside for a garbage bin, dumping some old throwaway clothes in the grass. 
at 10 meters. Increased visibility and the cold smell of rot on the wind began to convince him that what he was seeing was the decaying corpses of two men inside of that clothing. He got just close enough to confirm when the smell became so strong that it threatened to make him sick. He dropped his kite and rushed back into town to tell his father what he had discovered. His father reported the discovery to the police immediately. However, because it was now late in the day, and because this area of the hillside was actually quite difficult to reach by vehicle, the police did not officially discover the bodies until mid-morning of the next day. When they finally reached the expired individuals, they were met with one of the most baffling crime scenes in the history of Brazilian law enforcement. Lying next to each other in roughly five square meters of intentionally depressed grass were two men dressed in formal attire and seemingly brand new raincoats. Between them, they found two partially full water bottles and a plastic bag containing two fully saturated towels. And as if the scene were too ordinary, each of the men were wearing small lead domino masks on their eyes. These masks were missing an essential function of most. They lacked eye holes entirely. Like small lead shields, they covered the men's eyes entirely. The contents of their raincoat pockets only compounded the confusion of police. They found a small collection of receipts and small handheld notebooks that each contained identical lists of alphanumerical codes and a list of instructions. The instructions were as follows. 1630. Be at the specified location. 1830. Ingest capsules after the effect protect metals await signal mask. There was absolutely no sign of physical violence or conflict, and the two men had almost no valuables on their persons at the time that they were discovered. Detectives were baffled, but soon made headway in identifying the victims. Manuel Pereira de Cruz and Miguel Jose Viana were TV technicians and amateur electrical engineers from Campos, a small town nearly 200 miles to the northeast. The 1960s was a very politically tumultuous time in the history of Brazil. Violence was not an uncommon occurrence here. Because of the backlog of bodies being handled by the local coroner, while the bodies of Manuel and Miguel were delivered that very day, an autopsy would not be performed for several weeks. Furthermore, because of that same pileup of bodies, they were not stored properly while they awaited autopsy. When the admittedly rushed procedure was finally performed, despite the significant decomposition, the coroner ruled that the two men had both died of cardiac arrest and immediately closed the file. Multiple newspapers reported that the detective in charge of the investigation considered the medical examiner's conclusion to be frivolous. This complete lack of physical evidence left the police to focus on the men's activities leading up to their untimely deaths. There was, as it turned out, no shortage of witnesses who had spoken with De Cruz and Viana in the days before their demise on the hillside. Police used these accounts to construct a timeline of events. On the 17th of August, they took a bus from Campos to Niteroy with enough money to buy a used car. The bank account that they shared for their business showed that they withdrew a large sum of money on that morning. 
Accounts of their professed intentions with the money are conflicting. De Cruz's uncle claimed that they were withdrawing the cash and heading to Nitroy to purchase a car. Admittedly, this confused him, as purchasing a used vehicle in the larger city would likely be more expensive. Other associates claimed that their intentions were to travel to Nitroy in hopes of acquiring some needed electronic components for their business. Miguel's sister was informed by him before he left that they were not traveling in order to support their business. He referred to the trip to her as a secret mission, although he would not disclose any details. Manuel reportedly told his wife that he was going on the journey in order to participate in a final test to determine whether or not he was a true believer. Regardless of their intentions, they arrived in Nitroy at 2.30 p.m., According to receipts found on their bodies, they purchased two raincoats from a local clothing boutique, then traveled to a nearby bar where they purchased one bottle of mineral water. The bar's waitress reported that they specifically asked for the receipt because they intended on returning the bottle for a partial refund the next day. She went on to characterize their demeanor as distressed and anxious. She said that this was particularly true of Viana who spent the entire time looking at his watch and glancing at the front door nervously. Roughly 45 minutes after leaving the bar, they were seen alive for the last time. Eyewitnesses placed them riding in the back of a jeep along with two other men. The witness was not privy to their intended destination, but police assumed that it was the bottom of Ventame Hill. So at this point, we have to ask ourselves a few questions. What was the purpose of their visit to Nitroy? Who did they intend on meeting there? What was the purpose of the lead masks? And what about the identical and indecipherable alphanumeric codes in those notebooks? It is impossible to say definitively what happened between this last witness account and the discovery of their bodies on Ventame Hill and authorities as well as amateur gumshoes and Fortean investigators alike across the globe have spent the last half-century speculating. Could it be that Manuel Pereira de Cruz and Miguel Jose Viana were not your average everyday TV repairmen? Some speculate that they were, in fact, extensively trained technicians who used those skills to create a means of communicating with extraterrestrials that they went to Ventame Hill with every intention of making first contact with beings from another world. Could it be that the instructions found in their notebooks guided them through the process of leaving their physical bodies behind in order to commune with something beyond our plane of existence? As far-fetched as this initially sounds, there are reports that seem to support a supernatural explanation. Two separate mainstream Brazilian newspapers reported that a local merchant sighted a bright orange spherical UFO floating just over Ventame Hill on the very evening that Manuel and Miguel ascended it. While digging a bit deeper on the men themselves, investigators uncovered aspects of their lives that seemed to suggest that this very well may have been their intentions. De Cruz and Viana were, as it turns out, no strangers to the paranormal. A close friend and co-worker of theirs, Elcio Gomez, claims that the three of them ran an underground radio station and were card-carrying members of a group that called itself Spiritual Scientists. 
The group's mission was to prove the existence of the spiritual realm through scientific research, mystical rituals, and the use of psychedelic drugs to trigger spiritual experiences. In fact, during a search of Manuel's home, alongside the sheet of lead that the masks were cut from, police discovered a book on scientific spiritualism. Closer inspection revealed specific passages highlighted that described the intense light to expect when encountering a phantom, and prescribed the use of masks when in such encounters. According to Gomez, this was not their first attempt at contacting life from beyond. The primary project that he had worked on them with was the construction of a contraption that would allow them to make direct contact with the advanced spiritual entities living on Mars. Just two months before they had tested out the machine that they had spent over a year building. Not long into the attempt, the prototype exploded. However, this setback would prove to be temporary. On June 13, 1966, the group would attempt contact once again. This time they convened on an isolated coastal area known as Atafona Beach. Gomez, along with the seven other members of the group, arrived at the beach just in time to witness the failure of the second device. This time it would cause significantly more damage. Moments after the device exploded, the ten scientific spiritualists witnessed a luminescent object streak across the beach and up into the sky before an intense explosion and blinding light burst all around them. The explosion was so powerful, in fact, that citizens of Campos, some 30 miles east, reported what they believed to be an earthquake. When the Brazilian Navy investigated the event, They recorded more than 20 reports from fishermen who reported seeing flying saucers floating over the sea the evening of the explosion. While it is unclear whether the destruction of the saucer was caused by the experimentation happening on the beach below, many investigators over the years have speculated that they did in fact unintentionally destroy an alien craft. They go on to describe a scenario in which Manuel and Miguel were tricked into meeting something akin to an alien strike force on Ventame Hill that day. Could it have been revenge for the deaths in June of the same year? Regardless, some have posited that the codes found in their notebooks were encoded messages that they had received from extraterrestrials, that these messages were then decoded into the instructions found deeper in the notebooks. So let's for a moment take another look at those instructions. 1630, be at the specified location. 1830, ingest capsules after the effect protect metals await signal mask. The last section of the instructions were written without any punctuation. It is fairly difficult to make much sense out of them. However, if we apply a bit of punctuation, we could arrive at something more intelligible. 1830, ingest capsules. After the effect, protect metals, await signal, mask. The bodies were not found with any capsules. Authorities and private investigators alike have always assumed that the capsules referred to in the instructions had been ingested as instructed. Because there's no way to identify what was in the capsules, there's no way to definitively determine what their intended effect would have been. Protect metals is just as confounding. Some have speculated that this was instructing the men to remove their rings, watches, change, other jewelry, 
as none of those materials were found on the bodies. This could also explain the wet towels. Were they supposed to wrap the metal objects in them? The signal that they were awaiting is an equally confusing detail. Although the two were electronics technicians, they were not found with any electronic devices whatsoever. And the word mask is an obvious reference to the seemingly functionless lead cutouts found lying over their eyes. Masks which, again, had no cutouts or arms. These were obviously not meant to be worn as the men moved about. Were they instead intended only to protect their eyes momentarily from an intense light source? Many have speculated that that light source would have been the UFO itself. The fact is that the mysterious set of circumstances surrounding the lives and deaths of Manuel Pereira de Cruz and Miguel José Viana were never officially detangled. In fact, the case sits in the unsolved section of the Brazilian Ministry of Justice to this day. The raincoats, the wet towels, the codes, the instructions, their reported obsession with the intersection of technology and spiritualism, the lead masks. Who were the other two men in the jeep? Every answer in this case only creates new questions. All things considered, there is one fact that we can all be certain of. Two young men met untimely deaths on that day, and many of the answers to the questions that now plague us may have died with them on Ventame Hill. Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We're your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now, the debrief. So, aliens. Yeah. It's always aliens. aliens. It's always aliens. <laughs> Dude. Um, I wanted I wanted after the, after this last month of like of monsters and, and uh, all that. I'm I all monstered out, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to go like a, a pure mystery. Oh, I love it. I love it. No, I'm yes. And aliens. Just aliens. Yeah. It's that's all I I'm done. That's all we have to say. <laughs> aliens. All right. Done. No, yeah, um there there's a lot. There's a lot to this. It's the uh, it doesn't add up for sure. Um yeah. so first of all, I'm curious about these two guys. Uh so they're found and and I know it wasn't described much in where they're found other than like the clothing and whatever else, right? As they as sure. they person inches closer and closer and closer and discovers the smelling of rot rotten flesh and uh, which was described very very well but um so i think of like so were they just thrown about or are they is there who's it i don't i want to i don't want to like i don't want to reach too much here you mean like the position of their bodies? Right. Were they what in anything, or were they on the ground, or like how they were? How was that okay, specifically? So, so it looked like like this section of the grass. They were kind of in the tall grass on the near the top of the hill, right? And this section, it was like five square meters of grass had been like intentionally compacted down. Okay. So they had kind of. It looked like they had kind of cleared out an area for themselves, right? When they were found, they were lay, lying right next to each other, just lying on their backs, with these lead masks on their face. Okay. Now, they had, 
the bag of towels between them and uh, and water bottles. And you said that they were like soaking towels or saturated towels. Yeah. Like, did it they ever a, like say it, what was on them specifically? It was a plastic. It was just a plastic bag with towels inside, with two towels inside of it, and they were soaked with water. Okay, it was just water. Yep. Okay. All right, just a little little pieces. I'm trying to kind of piece together yeah. here. So, um, all right. So we have we have that, and then we also have their notebooks with this kind of weird alphanumeric code, and along with like just their steps, basically. So yeah. What I cut to, all right. So cut to, I think of you know it says to like take basically take these capsules and wait it out, right? Yeah. So are we under the agreement that obviously these capsules have probably been what killed them? Maybe, maybe because I, I think that they have. So and this is again, I might be reaching. But this is kind of my theory here. Okay. Uh, and I, I don't normally like to theorize this early, but no, that's you know, okay. Just to, we're going to do a lot of theorizing. So yeah. So this is kind of what I'm thinking. So we have this. Uh, we have this code. This whatever. So that's that's neither here nor there. Obviously, that's something higher, a higher power. Okay. Um, aliens. So and then. <laughs> So, and then it says, basically, take these pills, wait it out, call me in the morning, basically. So, and I think (laughs) it's like that. So I think like what I personally think is they've taken these capsules and, and so there was, and and I'm kind of skipping around just a little bit. Like I also almost took the capsule thing literally as that's why I was asking how they were found, were they found in a capsule, were they found in, you know, like whatever else, right? So that's why I was curious. I so see. looking at capsules as pill based, I'm assuming, you know, yeah. so they, they take these capsules, maybe they are to stop their heart. Maybe it's to kill them. Maybe it's to whatever else. Or at that point, they're giving themselves up to this higher alien race. And that's their means of leaving behind their human form. Sure. Heaven's gate style. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's that's kind of I think that's more of kind of where I'm leaning right now. Um, obviously, as we kind of just continue to talk about it, like that's immediately what kind of comes to mind. Just listening as everything as a whole, um, and then you know, obviously, there's there's something further at play here. Um, I mean there there are some there are some grounded theories that center around the capsules being some kind of poison, right? Right. Yeah. Like, um. There is a whole there's a whole group of people who have looked at this case that you know they believe that basically they got involved with basically got duped by some kind of um some kind of like criminal enterprise, right? So basically that's possible too. Right. Uh, right. I would I would like hate that were, to be the route that we go, but that's possible. Yeah. I mean, some people think that they were lured to the hill, right? They were basically set up to to believe that they were going to, you know, follow these cryptic instructions and they were going to encounter some connection with otherworldly beings, whether it be aliens or something, you know, through the veil or whatever it is, yeah. right? And then turns out the pills are actually poison and then the 
crew comes in and robs them for everything they have and leaves the bodies, right? Yeah, it's it, it's almost a very compelling theory, actually. See, because, the only thing... Yeah, go ahead. The only, the only thing that puts me off of it is... There were there were UFO sightings from that night on that hill. Right. Yeah. You said that it was like an orange. Uh, I'm trying to go back. Spherical. Like, um, yeah. Orange spherical UFO that was in the sky that night. Yeah. Yep. Um. There we go. You know that's that's why I I want to still, but I mean, it is. It's it's definitely plausible possible, sure. possible in this case. That that was the poss- you know, the possible story yeah. or possibly what happened. But I refuse to believe that. See, and there's a there's an additional detail that I'm not sure if it supports the, the theory of them being robbed by by a criminal group. Yeah. Or if it or if it doesn't. So okay. four years <laughs> earlier I mean, I'm, it could be taken either way. Yeah, right. no, I, I, okay, I so. mean, this is all. This is all. Like, obviously, it's a, it's a mystery, and you know, never been solved to this day. So, yeah, yeah. So four years earlier, a death just like Manuel and Miguel's occurred on a hill near Neves, which is like eighty or so miles away. Okay, so it was a TV repairman. I can only find his first name, which was Hermes. So it was a TV repairman. He was found dead wearing an identical lead mask on it, lying on a hill. Huh. Okay. Sources sources claimed that he was trying to figure out a way to receive television signals without the use of electronics and that he died after ingesting a pill. So very, yeah, very similar. Okay. The thing is, this could support the idea that it's some criminal enterprise, right? Because maybe this is them running the same trick on somebody else. Yeah. Right? Or maybe this guy is a member of the same secret society that our two main people are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe he was maybe he made a similar attempt. Maybe the secret organization is the men in black. Maybe. You know, I'm just saying, you learn a little too much, and they're on you. So, yeah, I um, mean, maybe maybe these spiritual scientists group, maybe this group was on to you know getting too close. Yeah, and they I, got you know. Yeah, no, I, I I don't I don't mean it jokingly. Like, I think you know that could be a possible route, possible avenue. Um, so you said that this was I mean this sounds extremely similar, very familiar, yeah. like. The lead mask, and obviously the lead mask is to uh, think think of things like radiation and things like that, right? So sure. to block to block that out from, yeah. It's kind of odd that it's just on, just on the a mask, right? Yeah, but yeah. it's still it's not even whatever. like a full. It's not even like a full mask. It's like a little domino mask that just covers the eyes. So maybe this pill, this pill that they're taking. Does kill off the body, but also saves consciousness. Sure. And allows that to be transported into whatever else. So yeah, then we're getting I mean, back on that that kind of concept, right. that idea, right? Back, back to Heaven's Gate, right? That whole concept that you have to like leave your vehicle behind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, all your body is, is a vessel at that point, right? So and right. that's that's all we are. 
you know right by a lot of standards and a lot of ideals like that is literally all we are our vessels for spirits our consciousness our you know sure. whatever else souls that makes yeah. us right soul i think is probably the bigger biggest one you know sure that makes us us and so think of that though as like them giving themselves away to this quote-unquote higher power right aliens um <laughs> it's gonna be aliens <laughs> someone's dead set <laughs> uh but yeah like it, that's i mean that's that's kind of where that's my where my mind goes instantly where my mind goes now yeah. the fact i mean and again i bring up like men in black that being a thing because they are very known for you know in- intercepting when it comes to getting too close yeah, knowing definitely. too much like whatever else so maybe these people even that previous uh tv salesman or whoever he was yeah, um, hermes. hermes right it, like maybe you know maybe he was on the cusp of finding something greater out and then it met the same fate that you know like but again, that takes away. But it doesn't. It kind of, it's kind of the same concept, same same idea. Yeah. Just, My question there is, if he was like a member of the same society, if he was onto the same thing, why would his like? I mean, I guess the question then, because I was thinking like, if he fucked it up, why would they pursue it, right? But maybe he didn't fuck it up. Maybe, maybe if it was like a leaving the body behind to ascend spiritually, yeah. Maybe maybe in their eyes he fucking nailed it, and they that's, were just following in his successful footsteps. I mean, that's possible too, right? Exactly. Right. You know, using that as like their you know like their drive at that point to be like, oh well, if he did it, we can do it, sort of thing. I just I just would love I would love to see the rest of that scientific spiritualism book that they found at Manuel's house. Cause all I could find was like, the only thing I could find on it. Yeah. The only thing I could find in news reports that talked about it was about the passages. There were passages about the bright lights that you should expect when encountering what they call, um, Oh shit. What do they call it? Like a phantom is what they called it. Um, and that you should w- use a mask to protect your eyes when you're planning on interacting with a phantom. Okay. So what do we but think phantom I, means in this case? I mean, that's a good question. I mean, they are scientific spiritualists, right? So I think, I don't know, maybe they're on that like John Keel tip, right? Where it's like all the same. Or maybe they're, you know, trying to break through, in their eyes, they're trying to break through the through the veil, yeah. And encounter, you know, make Maybe contact. it's a means of ascension. Yeah, maybe. Like, I mean, that's what, that's what I would, I prefer to think because everything I mean, else seems super lame, but. <laughs> I mean, are we going to get to the like, are aliens angels or are angels aliens conversation? Oh, man. Because that it's, feels it's like a conversation it's going that, that way. needs to be held, though. Sure. It really is. Um,. You know, but maybe not quite there yet. Um, yeah, yeah. I I know what you mean. It's I, and I think like if we had more information specifically on 
like you know on the text and everything like i think right. that would that would play a little bit more into this knowing I kind mean, of what like, they're after essentially like what yeah. you know if it's I like their if it's a text that's like essential to their goals and their belief system basically then it would be nice to know what it is exactly you know what i mean yeah because i mean then we could at least form or fabricate some form of idea as to what the ultimate end goal is right what it's were their not intentions just kind of thrown thrown out there as take a pill and wait it out like sort of thing and then you have this cryptic text that's like whatever else like alphanumeric code like I mean, so did we ever find out what, like, was anybody able to, like, ever decipher the coding at all? Some people said that some people, some people reported that it was, that it may have been, like, just a a useless list of part, like, part numbers for electronics equipment. But <laughs> they were, lame. right, but it was written, the thing is, it was written identically in both notebooks. Okay. Like so maybe they were both really good salesmen. And but immediately followed by the instructions. Right, yeah. So like I don't, I don't think I I don't think I buy the and it, the person that was saying that wasn't like I looked these up and I found out they are definitely electronics part numbers. They were just like, "Hey, maybe it's part numbers." So maybe it's part numbers to build something. Sure. To allow them to ascend. It could be. After taking the pill. Which... Like, how do you blast your consciousness into the air and leave your body behind? I, that I don't know. I mean, psychedelics. Uh, okay. Well, did they... Was there any, like, any type of toxic... I know, like, there was the autopsy and stuff. Yeah, like the autopsy any, was essentially useless. Right, it was basically that they, what was it, you said like a heart attack or something, like something silly, I mean. Yeah, they ruled that both of them simultaneously had heart attacks lying next right. to each other on a hill. Like So, but no like toxicology report or anything like that that could mention right. any t- anything, like even anything as far as like psychedelics or something like, uh, yeah. it, especially when it came to the capsule... Like, the mention of this capsule, you would think that they would do a little bit more work and testing them for something to find out, like, well, what they ingested, possibly ingested. They ran a toxicology report when they did the when they did the autopsy, but it was inconclusive because the bodies basically sat in their backyard for three uh, that's weeks true. before yeah, they that's, did it. That's right. You said it was basically took a while for them to actually get around to it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I had that down here, too, which... I. How do you just let something like that go that long? First of all, I mean it's South America in the '60s. I guess but that's how. They're lucky that they didn't just get the bodies chucked into the ocean. <laughs> Swim with the fishies. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, they- even the even the guy who was running the investigation said like openly to the press that the that the medical examiner's ruling was frivolous was like yeah. completely absurd and pointless and wasn't helping his investigation at it, all it sounds like it just wasn't very thorough at all 
Yeah, and the bodies were fucked up by the time he got to them, so there I mean, probably wasn't a lot he could do. You yeah, know? he was probably I, I, just at like, that point, yeah, you're, you're you're literally rotting away and become right. just a pile of toxic sludge at that point. Exactly. So, so he probably just made the best educated guess he could make yeah. based on the condition of the corpses and went on. Now, uh, so uh, I guess cutting to, so you'd mentioned there was a lot of money that was withdrew before this period of time. Right. Yeah. So do we have, I guess, some more information as to like, was that like, right? How long, how long before this had there been like this large withdrawal and did any, were they able to track anything down with that at all? Okay. So there were slightly conflicting reports. So the things that these reports agree on is the money was around 3 million. What is it? Um, I, I'm not going to butcher the name of their currency. Yeah, so no worries. Three, three million of their currency, which is around about, like, it's around about fifteen thousand dollars the U.S. right now. Okay. So they pulled, a, they pulled that much out of their account that morning, the morning that they climbed the hill. Okay, and it was that morning, um, right? Okay. Now, where the where the reports conflict is some state that a small amount of money was found on them, on the bodies, and some state that no money was found on the bodies. Okay. So, if, you know, no money was found, that, in my eyes, supports robbery, right? That's that, where we that get that back support- into that, like, crime. Right. Yeah. 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 Because if they're going to rob you, they're not going to take all but some of your money. We'll leave you with five, ten, fifteen dollars. Yeah, it's fine. Exactly. Take Let you pay the toll man to cross the river. Yeah. yeah. Got to pay the troll toll. Exactly. <laughs> God damn it! I'm not going to continue it. Danny DeVito will not be involved. <laughs> I don't know, if um, we're talking ultra-terrestrials, I might end up talking about Danny DeVito. true. Ah, <laughs> oh, no, let's not get there yet. All right, all right, all right. So, you have people that said money was found on them, some that say it wasn't. Do yeah. we ever, was there ever any trace of any money being transferred anywhere? Like, any, no, no. nothing, okay. No, the, all they bought was raincoats and one bottle of mineral water but right. at the site they found two bottles two exactly that was that was also i thought that was a little strange yeah me too so maybe but, like the recollection was wrong of the event or i mean maybe one be. just brought one from home uh, could be or i mean they <laughs> rode like, there in a jeep with two other too. guys that's another big question. Oh yeah, that was yes, that was the other thing, and I completely spaced. I they also have it in my list of notes here as I go down right. them. But yes, the jeep, yeah, and then the two other people. Yep. So elaborate a little bit on on that a little bit again. Um, just I guess in that scenario, if you can. Okay, so a witness reported that they saw them leave the bar where they bought the mineral water. Right. They got into the back of a Jeep being driven by one guy, another guy in the front passenger seat. They rode in they rode in the back of the Jeep out toward Ventame Hill. And that was the last time they were ever saw alive. And were those guys ever like described at all? Like just yes. just as Yes, yes. 
Okay, so one one guy was described as being a middle-aged Brazilian. The other was described as a blonde-haired foreigner. Huh. They never said whether it was male or female, or they just described the person as blonde-haired foreigner. So, so see, maybe, maybe an American, maybe right. a European. I mean, literally anything. Right. Anyway. Right. Um, so see, like, this adds a little bit of just... It kind of changes a little bit of, of the story, at least the idea. Like, okay. that we have these two, first of all. Unless they were strictly a ride, and that's all it was. Sure. You know, like... Paid them five, ten dollar, whatever it was, to get them, you know, drive them out to this point, and they're like, "Yeah, sure, we're going there, whatever." Yeah, could have been. Or members of this crime, whatever deal, or members of their organization, or exactly the, scien- the spiritual scientists, yeah. or yeah, yeah. So you know, it's huh, like that, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to dig too much into it, but I think that's something not to dismiss, too. I mean, feel free to throw some theories out about it. I mean, that's all we can do, right, is take the right. facts that we have and, and make some assumptions. So, who's to say there's not this secret underground organization, right? And then maybe aliens are involved. The idea. This is not the route that I want to go. But you have these two. You have these two people that are driving off. They're part of this organization. Same as the the other two. Gotcha. And then maybe they're trying to rid of, like, specific types of people or whatever else. Or maybe they're not, like, quote-unquote, cut out for what they're doing or whatever else. Maybe this is a means of literally disposing. Ah. You know, and... It's it's one of those where they they create this whole thing, saying yes, if you do this, like you know, you can ascend or you can you'll be met by prosperity and the, the weirdest uh, whatever you know, like sure. and, enlightenment, again, just ideas, right? Exactly. So, like in this scenario, basically, this would be like the only way to get out of the organization is death. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like. So when they want to get rid of someone, they set them up on this like this um, kind of wild goose chase that just leads to them ODing just on something on a hillside exactly. somewhere and expiring. Yes. Mm. So that is a like theory I, said, I haven't heard, but it's, it's not the route sure. that I want to go. But like that could make a lot of sense. That's interesting, given the scenario. Um, and then also given that they were found with money or they were not found with money, depending on who's saying so. Um, you know, having this very cryptic alpha, alpha numeric, like coding or whatever else, like that only their organization knows. Yeah. And it's like them basically covering their tracks. Um, you know, yeah. And then it could also, they withdraw all their money goes into this organization because they have to pay for to do this this to where they can ascend where they can go off into being like part of this whatever alien race or uh, whatever we even want to consider it at that point 
Um, you know, so they have to invest all their money, and that's what they do. They withdraw it all, put it all into this organization. These two guys take them out, give them these pills, literally poison them, leave them there to die, yeah. and then that's how they get rid of the people out of their organization. Hell, yeah. Go back next week. Um, they probably have two. I mean, new recruits, and they had you know, failed twice like, already at trying to make contact. Right, so maybe it was a, maybe it was a you know certain number of strikes right. and you're out, yeah, type of deal. But um, also, though, keep in mind, Miguel told his wife before he left um, that he was going for a test. Right, that it was like a final test to determine whether he was a true believer or not. That literally lines up with that whole premise, though. The whole idea of, like, even that, like, that being, you know, just another theory, another avenue to take, that could line up solely with it. Like, that is their ultimate, their ultimate last test, their ultimate thing. Again, investing all their money, all their time, everything into it, get taken out there, and they have to take this pill and wait, and then both of them, not knowing, because they've never been part of this expungement, basically, um, process, you know, and so they take it, waiting, and that's their final test. They think that that's where they're, they're going to finally reach this period of enlightenment, enlightenment or ascension, right. or, again, whatever they're trying to do, because I would, I would like to think that they're trying to make contact or be basically join like an alien civilization it's something like whatever um you know but again that being that being their final test like yeah, that I mean, that could match up literally with it now they're they're one the one other member of this organization that actually made statements it was actually in the flying saucer review which i don't know if you've read any of those back articles but that was like a badass per- periodical the Flying Saucer Review, it was legit as shit, for real. Okay. So he gave statements saying that <clears throat> that basically, like, they had, I don't know, their intentions were to make contact with the with what he called the intelligent spirits on living on Mars, right. Aliens. Right. Yeah. Because you had also said that both of them were like very into paranormal. They had their underground radio station. Like all these things that add up, right? Yeah. 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 That'd be awesome. I I agree. I think I take that as like the most definitive indication of where their like beliefs lied. Right. was his statements. Because he's the only one uh, yeah, who was really privy to that part of their lives that made official statements. So, I think you're right. Probably trying to make contact with aliens. The real question is whether or not they were duped, mm-hmm. right? Whether or not like they were tricked into it. See, and that's... That's that's what I, I I I'm very on I'm I'm yeah I'm kind of on the fence at this point you know 
because I would like it to be a thing where they are able to extend their consciousness out beyond taking this pill. Like, this is a means of just exhausting their human form or their vessels, like we were talking about before. Um, and then using this right. as a way to See, get out there. And their associate, the their associate who made those statements, he no, also but, uh, did specifically mention yeah. the use of psychedelics in triggering, you know, encounters with the oh yeah with spiritual I mean, beings. They could have literally you know, taken who knows, but psychedelics is one way to see God. Well, Let I mean, me tell yeah, you, that's one way to see <laughs> <It's>, anything. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. but like. You know, I mean, there are people now who use, you know, quote unquote plant medicines, right? Uh-huh. To they use those to, in their eyes, a trip when they trip, they are being taken to another dimension. Oh yeah, I mean that's right? a very very common, like, yeah. common thing for sure. There's and a reason also- that like people people who take um who take like psychedelics tend to have very similar trip reports right like they're because and they think a lot of people believe that that supports the idea that they're it's because they're all going to the same place you know i i can't say for sure um i think i think especially the use of psychedelics um because i mean there's different different ways you know that people take them like microdosing Sure. Or extreme trips where they just deep, heavily deep dive. Yeah, heroic doses. Yes. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of people use them as a means of getting into, like, unlocking their brain. Unlocking, like, you know, like, just tapping into these untapped areas. Some yep. use it as a means of heightening your senses, heightening your whatever else, or getting on a larger or higher plane. Right. And then strengthening your spiritual connection. Exactly. And dimensions are often like other dimensions and things like that are often thrown in there because, and I, again, I I can't say for sure, but you know, like that, that seems to be very common thing that, uh, that a lot of, especially a lot of like more, you know, thing people that are in like more of like a science field or like a heavy like a uh, paranormal field and things like that. Yeah. You know, uh, work either like strive to achieve or like work to achieve and stuff like that. And that's where like a lot of those reports do come through, like you said, where people literally end up going to the exact same dimension yeah. or whatever else. And it's, I mean, it's, it sounds like it's just crazy pish posh basically right but i i highly disagree but when you when you it sounds crazy but when you read 50 trip reports from people who've never met each other that are almost identical they're all exactly yeah like now it can be argued that that's what happens when you when the human brain encounters this chemical right but it <laughs> I, it also it could equally support this concept that it's literally transferring your consciousness to another See, reality. That's, that's what I definitely agree on. That's that's what I believe fully. Yeah, I mean, just because it, it, I mean, just knowing and reading and and watching documentaries and stuff, I'm just like, I mean, even like psilocybin and stuff like that, right? You know, like yeah, 
just the way the way that it can literally unlock like areas of your brain that are very that are not used yeah being able to achieve that heightened sense of everything like imagine that to like an extreme degree you know i i think you can there's so much potential of things that you could achieve that neither you or i could even like fathom right of course and so and i think that's you know like seeing maybe other dimensions and things like that like yeah it might be because it's because of this particular drug or this particular whatever else but i i doubt it i mean yeah i i tend to agree with you but i i can see the basis for both for both arguments right Um, yeah of course and a lot of it like you said has to do with the way it's taken right so if you're you know if you eat a few mushrooms and go to a kager you're not going to have the same experience that if you're like compared to like someone who's into meditation and yoga and they take it ritualistically and they put on the right music and they you know set the lights and they you know they're preparing for a journey you know what i mean (laughs) i've always thought it'd be cool to like trip and go lay in like the forest Or, like, out in, like, an open field and stuff and just, like, literally watch the sky. Yeah, that's the Like, imagine how crazy that would be. And maybe this is exactly, like, what these guys were doing. Yeah, maybe. You know? The question, then, is what the fuck killed them? Because psychedelics, particularly, like, nature-based psychedelics... Right. They they don't kill you. Yeah. They just don't. no yeah not at all i mean regard you could like i mean people take like large uh, specifically shrooms like large amount of like mushrooms and things like that and i mean it doesn't matter how many you take you're just you're gonna be fucked up (laughs) like that's what it comes down to you know so like i I understand like straight mdma or something like that it's a little bit different right you know but yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to say, honestly. And maybe these pills are set to do both. Maybe. Like, maybe it's a mixture. It's a form of poison that literally allows you to heighten everything beyond any like highest trip or anything you could possibly right. do. Maybe it's like an over. Time. Maybe it's like an overdose of mescaline. Right. right? I where mean, you like you're well, gonna where you're gonna trip your balls off for like forty five minutes and then your heart collapses. Yeah, that that very well could be it, you know. And and during that time, they are ascending, their consciousness is transferring, sure. Or they're literally just having fun and they're just gonna rot, like. Or maybe if when you're in this other dimension, your if your body dies while you're in this other dimension, you just get to stay. I mean, that's what I love. Yes, that that's the idea. All right. That's that's a story I like. So, yeah, exactly. Which actually makes me think of um, there's it, I don't even mention what it is or where it's from or whatever. But it was that same concept where your consciousness could go into this world, and it was more of like a digital world sort of thing, sure. right? But you could literally. Are you talking about Lawnmower Man? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not quite. 
Okay, sorry. Go no, on. but after you transferred your after you transferred basically your consciousness to this world, you're just literally living in, and it wasn't a digital world. I just use that as like a the That's easiest how they visualized way to explain it. something. Yeah, right. You know, but yeah, after you move, you're you're there, and you're there, you're there forever. Your body is no more. You're you're literally dead, but your soul, your consciousness, like whatever lives on and lives in this thing as it is active. Right. Now, if that thing becomes non-active, you become nothing. But, you know, and maybe it's hard to say there's not some alien race, some weird civilization or something that is out there. That's that. That's exactly what it is. I mean, maybe we're talking ultra terrestrials. I knew we're going to fucking get into this. I mean, you have to, I mean, we're literally talking about transferring your I know. consciousness to I, exactly. another dimension. I, yes, I agree. Yeah. Maybe the higher beings that they're trying to reach are the people, are people, are the beings that exist in that reality. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Maybe fucking, maybe you have to take an overdose of mescaline to visit, to have tea with Mothman. You know what I mean? Maybe. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah, that's possible. You know, because we don't we don't know. First of all, so but I mean that's honestly that's that's kind of what I that's the kind of the area that I I think I sit in is that like you know that kind of concept because I feel, like, I feel like that kind of flies in the face of what the what their friend said about contacting spiritual beings on Mars. Why would he say that they live on Mars if they have to go to another dimension to communicate with them? Because it's the 60s. <laughs> like, Mars was used as like, oh, there's the Mars, man. You think it was just arbitrary terminology? 60s lingo? Right, yeah. Hmm. Honestly, I do. Think of how uneducated people were, first of all. Especially in the means of something that's like, we're just getting the going into space like you know we're we're just on the cusp of all that like so yeah i mean the idea of mars being like i mean even even now the goal is to get to mars yeah you know so like that being kind of like one of those big bigger things um you know and even in the 60s i think that could have been used as a literal like so you think it was just, just kind as of a an placeholder idea. the way they called every alien a Martian? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. That makes sense. Yeah, that's that's a better way to put it. Right. Okay. Exactly. So, so here's, a, here's a weird thing. The 60s in Brazil, similarly to the 60s in the U.S., were like very socially tumultuous, right? Like there was a lot of social oh, upheaval yeah. going on. But something they had... That something common there that never really happened in the U.S. was they had a problem where um, these spiritualists, these like um, people that were into the groups that were that investigated the paranormal and extraterrestrials, they right. would engage in domestic terrorism. So there was like this weird overlap of these groups were like. We're involved in these like attacks on on public buildings and stuff, but they they were groups dedicated 
officially dedicated to like Fortean research. Okay. So that's super odd. Yeah. I know it's uh, weird to kind of, those two things don't really jive in our. They don't really go. Right. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. But in Brazil, it's a thing that they, that was fairly common in the sixties and seventies. So at the, at an official hearing, at the official hearing about this case, families, family members of the, of the guys that died testified that the device that they used at Atafona Beach, the one that tech, that people say may have brought down a, a spacecraft. Okay. You know, they testified that that device was actually a homemade bomb. Like a pipe bomb? Something like that. Or something similar, Some, right, yeah. That it wasn't a device meant to communicate that it was a bomb, right? But, so I've, nah, I don't believe it. Right. It's, I'm for, for how much they were into this and trying to already pre-communicate, like... Right. So By the means of a, a bomb? No. This was not the official ruling uh, from the investigator, but... They they would have these like with big cases they would have these sort of public trials where they where the government could kind of make a make like a figurehead ruling about a case without it actually okay. being technically ruled that yeah. so authorities after that after that labeled them as de- labeled the two guys as domestic terrorists and officially the of government course. assumed that they were killed by fellow terrorists. That's the story that they put out. That's that's the story that they put out. So that, later, because here's the right, thing. All right, keep going, keep going, keep going. Here's the thing. So weeks weeks after, the same family members told reporters that the Brazilian authorities had coerced them and threatened them into making those statements. Okay. Okay. So. None of none of that I mean obviously we're now we're talking like government cover up. Uh-huh. Right? And that's where I was going to get to and they were saying this is this because that's what they want you to think first yeah. of all. Yeah. And obviously they were made to say that. Like forced into ruling as such, right? So Yep. And even why? if why? E- why? Why? Why would that be a thing? I mean, even if the story of them being coerced is bullshit, even so let's say they did make a bomb, and they were actually terrorists, it still doesn't explain the UFO seen by ten men on the beach and twenty fishermen saw a UFO that night, yeah. and it still doesn't explain the co- their cause of death on the hill. Yeah, or the story doesn't explain shit. No, I yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that that, that is just a cover up. There's obviously something larger here than we're giving credit. Yeah. Like, I mean, especially for the court to basically be forced into a ruling that I mean, we'll just I I'll just say it. I mean, obviously they were they were forced. They you know, this was something that they had no choice on. The ruling was already set when they started. And if it, if they didn't rule that way, then, you know, 
obviously there'd be hell to pay, right? So, yep. You know, I think I think that that's the I think that that's the entire thing. I think that these dudes, paranormal loving guys, trying to communicate with their alien brethren, were uh, you know, bad place like I guess bad place, right or wrong time. I I don't know. <laughs> wrong place, wrong time. Well, not not necessarily. Though. Right place, wrong time. I don't Either know. Or. I mean, wrong place I think, at the right time. Who knows? Yeah. I think they obviously fucked something up on the beach, and if, I, I, they may I, have yeah. brought down a a fucking alien craft. And then maybe where they're supposed to where they're supposed to ascend, these aliens are like, nah, fuck you guys, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I, I don't know. Here's the thing, because when they when this took place on Atafona Beach, this this craft supposedly coming down, this explosion, right. it was a massive fucking explosion. 30 miles away in Campos, dozens, like, people all over the city in Campos reported what they thought was an earthquake. That's how big this explosion was. But... Taking down a craft wouldn't do that. Even the even the fallout, like nothing would create that that large of a. I mean, you don't know what the hell a flying saucer is made out of. I, I mean, anything that we could, right? At least, like in a modern situation. I mean, what the fuck happens when a flying saucer blows up? I don't know. Do you? Right. The world <laughs> could fall apart. It fucking could. It could An split angel the world could in half. Lose its wings. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, yeah, no, I'm but sure like, crazier things. But so, so here's my idea. All right, so if they brought a craft down, and the the Brazilian Navy investigated this because it happened right off the shore, right? Okay, they're the ones who got twenty. It was over twenty fishermen that were in that area reported seeing a flying saucer to the Navy. This was, like, reported and recorded by the Navy. Right. If they're the ones who investigated, who's to say they didn't recover the downed flying saucer? And oh, this, this forcing the... I would expect the, them to. Right. And this forcing the families to, to sell this cover-up was them trying to take attention away from the fact that they had recovered an alien craft. Right, I'd say yeah. I'd say that's a pretty big possibility. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. So I mean, if it if quote unquote alien craft was downed, I mean somebody is going to retrieve it, right? Like out of any, uh, there was there's no way they would just say, oh, another day, right? No, and eh, leave no, it. They, somebody <laughs> is going to retrieve it. And yeah. it is going to be the government of some some area, some whatever. Most certainly. It, it, there, yeah, it's not going to be your average Joe or anybody like that. Like it's, it is one hundred percent going to be a thing. Yeah, I mean, just like the same with any type of fallen aerial, like planes, whatever else. Like, you know, it is always going to be, first of all, investigated into and recovered, and recovered. Always yeah. doesn't matter what it is, where it is. Always, especially if it's a fucking UAP. If it's something that the government there doesn't know what it is, they're going to find oh, yeah. out. Oh, exactly. I mean, especially at this point where we have, you know, I, I mean, 
really like big in with like competition with like Russia and stuff like that, yeah. right? Their political you tensions global. Oh, it was time. it was nuts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there would be without a doubt that that would be recovered. And yeah. I mean, what better way to cover it up? Yeah. I so. mean, maybe maybe in the 60s in Brazil, domestic terrorist at- attacks were just their version of like our swamp gas. Right? That they just it's their go maybe it was their go-to for covering yeah. up these these events. Right? Instead yeah, of saying, you know, possible. they were instead of if this had happened in like Massachusetts, then Project Blue Book would have came in and been like, <laughs> "Oh, that lady saw oh, swamp yeah. gas and then the two men were killed by owls." You know, <laughs> like, with a little bit of bioluminescent grass exactly okay so there's one more um one more theory that was posited by authorities that i honestly didn't even want to include but i have to include it let's do um, it yeah so they theorized openly and publicly that there that this death was the result of of a suicide pact between gay lovers. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. And I didn't even want to include it. It's so fucking stupid. No one in their life yeah. supported that this was the case. Like they were honestly gay men were like a, a regular target at this time. And it was mm. like just another way to make these two less dead. Right. To right. just to make them like a less important story. Yeah. And like, right. yeah. Fully bullshit. That, but I wanted yeah, to include it because that's they put it silly. out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, you have to include it just on that, you know. Yeah, but no, that's yeah. I, I that's the dumbest, the dumbest thing I've heard. I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, obviously, with this, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't agree. I don't agree at all with that. I think that's that's super silly. Same. And I think that's another just a uh, way to just sweep it under the rug sort of thing. Agreed. I think, yeah, it's just another way to, like, cover it up and make people not care. You know what I mean? Like, that was their idea to make that people wouldn't care if they thought just two gay men died on the hill. You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean... Yeah. So, ultimately, government cover-up, aliens. Pretty scummy bullshit, Brazil. I I think these dudes were just trying to get up there. I'm on the fence with both both ideas that, you know, this is a possible pill to get, you know, just to rem- basically transfer your consciousness or a means of doing away with these guys. I'm, okay. I'm still torn between those two, I think. Okay. See, I'm back and forth similarly. I'm back and forth between... Because I, I believe that these these two were engaged in this this goal to contact aliens right Right. i'll agree with you there for sure i fully believe that now where i can't decide is did they fucking nail it did they like because there's a chance that everything literally went according to plan and their consciousness was separated from their physical bodies and they are now you know across the veil hanging out with you know agreed with that's, other beings. That's where right? part of mine lies. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Now, m- the other one is, were they so set on this that they were able to be taken advantage of 
by people who literally were just setting them up to rob them. Because that's another thing that makes perfect sense to me. I, now that, I think I think you're right there. Yeah. Now I lean the I do tend to lean the former. That that either they they nailed it and they're there, or they fucked up and they're dead. But that this that this was all, liter- like um, legitimate contact that they had made, right? So, I lean that way honestly because of the sightings. Yeah, right? I, I mean, I think that definitely helps for sure. Yeah. Now it's also you can't you can't overlook the fact that when weird shit happens, people tend to report UFO sightings. Just in general. True. I mean, I, true, yeah. But so I don't know. Who's I'm torn. to say? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm torn. I and I, I know. I I get it. I, it's it's one of those. It's it's almost impossible to form like a hundred percent. Yeah. Like so, like solid theory and stick with it. That's why I like it because so much. There's, there's so many what ifs or yep. Maybe this is you know maybe but yeah that's that's why I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence with both. I think it'd be a, a great way for the government, especially some, you know, they were part of some organization outside of their normal duties and stuff. I mean, they ran a fucking underground radio station. Yeah. You know, they're, they're obviously, I wouldn't say they're tinfoil hatted. Right. But, you know, they're, they're going to be. Shit. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, you know, like, maybe they get in a little bit deep and then they get contacted by this organization and then that's where they're like, well, we can we can help you do this. Blah, right. Blah, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's, again, there's just too much, too many what ifs or possibilities. But I, to me, I think it, it's going to be one of the two, like one of the two that I've, I've at least discussed in my right. opinion, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it very well could, it could, there's a possible other, other scenario where they just, Go out there trying, you know, they're trying to hope that this is going to allow them to reach that point, and they both just OD off of something. Sure. Maybe they, like, you know, mixed but, the powder in the capsules wrong, or they... That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe they fucked it up, or maybe they nailed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I would like to th- I would like to give them the benefit of a doubt, though, and think maybe they're a little bit smarter than that. Yeah. I love... I mean, I love the idea of Manuel and Miguel just, like, chilling on the other side of the veil, like... <laughs> yeah. We fucking nailed it with this other yeah. like slew of Brazilian TV repairmen from the '60s that were apparently all <laughs> headed to the other side. Yeah, hey, maybe they knew something we don't know, and if so, I want to know these things, right? Like yeah. without a doubt, yeah. When I was like researching this, I felt half the time I felt like that fucking Charlie from uh, the Charlie meme, you know, where he's trying to explain the the postal service. On It's Always mm. Sunny. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Day. Yeah. I felt like that when it, I had like 15 different windows open on my computer and like going yeah. back and forth comparing different reports. And yeah, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. It reminded me of when we did Diet Love Pass. Yeah. Because it's just. See, I, I, I dig stories like that because, yeah. I mean, you know, it, yeah, we may not know for sure. But I feel like we can form some pretty damn educated, like, good educated guesses. Sure, sure. Or, you know, the least ideas and theories. Which I, um, 
I mean, that I think is more fun to talk about than anything. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a bit of a departure from what we normally do, you know, cryptids and ghosts. And I mean, I know like aliens and stuff are kind of involved possibly, but like I kind of like the idea of every once in a while just doing like one of these classic mysterious deaths. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? For sure. Yeah. It's not quite. And then it gives me a reason to blame it on aliens. Exactly. It's not quite true crime <laughs> because no one really knows what the hell happened. Yeah. I like I like these cases. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm definitely always into something like this. Cool. And that concludes episode 19, The Lead Masks of Ventame Hill. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week. And it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers. Stay weird. And, and trust, trust in the, the unknown. unknown.